Tommy, you're going to have to do a lot better than that. I can just see you withering away in your basement with some dude named Shane on a beautiful Thursday in Seattle, searching for little video clips to poke puppy, giggling to yourself and saying to your cute little partner, finally, I'm going to get that dastardly sugar love. Then you hit that post button and stand up for joy, flexing your little twigs to your partner. We got him honey, only to realize the futility immediately. Keep it coming, though. I get joy overlooking your two-word efforts. Another one. All right, we the best. I'm out. You know, with Hitler, the more I learn about that guy, the more I don't care for him. Maybe I could be like an announcer, like a color man. You know how I always make those interesting comments during the game? Yeah, yeah, you make good comments. The weather is perfect, the field is fast at the Rose Bowl for tonight's ball game. Well, guys, I'll just start with a little story. Back, way back in the day when I was in sixth grade at Spirit Ridge Elementary in Bellevue in Mr. Chapel's class, we watched uh, one day a movie that was about the Civil War. I don't remember what it was called, but I have a distinct memory of one of the scenes. It was the initial battle of the Civil War between uh, the Union and SEC Dogs Confederate side, and the Union was expecting to steamroll and there was like a nearby hill where there were women and children gathered that were, they were dressed in their Sunday best and they came there expecting to see an absolute rout and were thinking it was just going to be high entertainment. And that was what my mindset was going into last night's game as I texted you guys right before kickoff that I wanted to see a, a prison rape. <laughs> not the, <laughs> not the best term or whatever, but. That's what I wanted. I wanted a send-off to these guys, you know, 66-3 to or something like that. And then, you know, you're, you're trailing 7-3 to going into the fourth quarter. <laughs> ah. And uh, Willie Duke was there with his crazy uncle seated to his left, right? Uh, to the right, but yes. To the right? Yes, get it so, right. Take it from there. <laughs> I mean, uh, one of the worst sporting experiences you could ever have uh, by what you're watching. I mean, it was really awkward, really odd. Uh, it felt like a game where you see a lot where you're just like, oh, the offense is going to turn on eventually. Like, yeah, they're, they're, they're hung over. And then it just kept never happening. And the crowd, good crowd, probably, you know, 90% full were into it, really kept wanting to get loud. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was just absolutely nothing to get loud about. I mean, the the offense was some of the worst offense I've ever seen. And then the defense, again, is good when they need to be, but just is when they don't need to be, they are just absolutely terrible at tackling, getting off the field, uh, and making any explosive plays more than anything, like getting a sack and getting a sack or causing a turnover. It was 
just a horrible, horrible experience. I mean, you got out of there with the wind, but like you could feel that like no one wanted to celebrate. Uh, I almost wasn't even cheering when he when he had to pick six because I'm like, well, no, great, good. Now Arizona Arizona State's going to get to come down this, the field with a back breaking long drive and get it right back. Uh, <laughs> and they killed any momentum they had with that two point conversion, which also felt like a really big two point conversion as it was. Because now you know if they just would have kicked the if they just would have kicked the extra point, it would have really helped put the game away. And then. To finish my my depressing rant of, yeah, later they get to, they get the chance to go 40 yards to put the game away and they have to settle for a field goal, where it just feels like this team, even under DeBoer, has really struggled to put games away. I mean, I, because I haven't bitched about it enough, you go back to, like, last year's Oregon game where they get the ball at, like, the 40, and all they need to really do is get, like, a first down to put the game away, and instead we're settling for a long field goal, can't get 10 yards. It's just it's one of the – one of the negative things that doesn't get bitched about enough is the team just really struggles to just end a game, end an opponent. It always ends up being stressful, and it was. And before we, Joey, before we get to you with your comment, I just want to interject that as you were talking about that two-point conversion, Willie, um, my mind went back to the 1978 Rose Bowl when Washington was a, a huge underdog to Michigan. Huskies were 7-4, Michigan's 10-1. and one. They've got Rich Rick Leach at quarterback, and uh, you know, and the Huskies faked a punt from their own twenty yard line and gained like sixty yards off of it. And you only do that when it's David versus Goliath. And so, what are we doing, running this double reverse pass on a two point conversion? I I, 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 I just dumbfounded. Even if we had made it, I would have been dumbfounded. <laughs> well, and we and didn't make was, it. It was a disaster. And that was after uh was it third and fourteen when he called that uh, uh oh. that jet sweep oh. to the fucking short side of the field. Again. I yep. I can't do it anymore. I oh god. <laughs> my god Are you gonna see a break up? Oh my god. Well it, I mean it's 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 amazing you go from the high of highs with Ryan Grubb to the low of lows and from from all accounts he he apparently left the stadium looking like he lost the game from you know some Well of here's the, the thing some of the you writers guys, uh, and stuff. I mean you guys uh, uh you guys have great memories um so you'll remember this as well as me, but the 2000 Oregon State game uh, at Husky Stadium when the Beavs had a really fast and aggressive defense and they were blitzing and coming at us hard. And how did we beat them? We beat them with uh, draw plays and misdirection and little quick passes. And you don't run wide when you're when you're getting routed like that at the line of scrimmage for, in, in terms of both uh, strength and ferocity and speed, you don't run wide like that. It, the, the the whole momentum of the game didn't dictate that. And it was just uh, that that play you just referred to, uh, Joey, uh, it was like I it was like watching a car accident as it was unfolding. It was like, we didn't just call that on third and 14, did we? So, oh, man. Well, terrible. So Arizona State was – I mean, they were like leaving the middle of the field wide open. So 
it's can you put Westover in there? Or Hope? Well, this is two games in a row. They haven't. They, they didn't really use the. Uh, well, mm-hmm. Westover had a couple big. He had a couple big catches where. But not uh, a you know, seven catch in the middle game, of the though. field. Huh? I'm sorry to interrupt, but I was just trying to add to what you were saying. He didn't have a seven catch game like he should have. Him or Culp? No, and he. Uh, well, Culp. I don't think Culp has caught a pass since the Arizona game. Uh, yeah. Cuevas hasn't caught a pass since the Arizona game. They, the tight ends only caught one pass against Oregon last week. Uh, they're being underused right now. You know, they, they, they throw out their, their four wide and five wide, uh, you know, formations, and they have two tight ends on the field most of the time. They'll line up Culp and Westover out wide, and, you know, whenever they yeah. shift, they – they bring them in or they leave one out wide or whatever. But they they have multiple tight ends on the field all the time. It, it's not, you know, it's weird. It looks like this, uh, you know, it's this aggressive passing offense, but they constantly have, uh, you know, like 12 personnel out there. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it, it's a little, it, it's a little different like that, but they're, but they're not hitting the tight ends as, as much as, you know, they probably should. I don't, I don't know. Panics looked like, he looks rattled and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he looked way off his game yesterday. Like he was really pressing to go downfield. He looked he looked shaky. Like you know, the blitz was really getting to him. Uh, Landon Hatchet looked you know way overmatched when he was out there. Uh, you know, it was just they ran into a, a fingers crossed. They ran into just a complete, you know, buzzsaw of a, of a team that knows they're not going to go to a bowl game. And they had, I don't, I don't know, maybe they had like some for, former running back like J.R. Redmond or something come in and said, hey, we don't lose to the Huskies. It's just not a but team we, we lose But we beat J.R. Redmond. That was a miracle <laughs> in the desert. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. So, <laughs> well, wouldn't wouldn't he have been on the, the, the O one or O? <laughs> I just picked a random player. I, I don't. Really, I know that. I'm just kidding really. you. <laughs> Jake Plummer, but who cares? <laughs> I mean, it's an excuse, but you're not going to get me to walk away from the the factor that ASU had the week off last week and the Huskies played Oregon in that game. There's no denying that that was. Especially, I think we saw those a lot of those missed tackles. I think your guys, you have a guy who's completely fresh going against a guy who played the toughest game you know they've ever played in their life uh, a week before. And I think ASU uh, again, they're probably going to get blown out by the Coug next week at, in, in Tempe instead of being like, <laughs> instead of being like, hey, we're going to try to look better, you know, you know, play a little bit this game and save it up for these games we can actually win. Uh, they probably for some reason like, let's shock the world. Uh, and get all greased up for for this game. Um, I, I do think they they also had two weeks to scout, and I you know my Twitter guys have said that Penix you know Penix definitely is hurt. I think he was hurt. I think he was hurt against Oregon when they uh, in the in the we do third of the fourth quarter. I don't think he has abdominal cramps. I think he's been hit in the ribs and something's wrong with his ribs and. Uh, 
I think that's a big, big problem. But I think otherwise, I think it was a game that I don't know if they intentionally were going to do it, but they were probably going to win. Usually it would win 24 to seven or something pretty ugly, but get ahead by, you know, 10 to 14 and then kind of just like salted away, but they just could not, they could not break through. This is year, year 15 of, of ASU having these fucking bowling ball looking defensive tackles who get road killed by everybody else who did the interior of the Husky defense just gets pulverized by, I don't know what it is. It's the same bowling ball looking black guys at D tackle every year. And every year the small Husky try hard Husky offensive line just gets so demolished by them that, you know, ASU just holds them to nothing. And it's just bizarre. It's college football and it's, uh, I don't want to ever play that team again. And I mean, obviously the turnovers too, I think early on, uh, you know, Penix's turnovers really uh, probably got in his head. And I think the, my favorite part is on the, I don't know if it was clear on the broadcast, but on his second one, Odunze standing in the end zone wide open and he throws it, it gets knocked down. And then there's the ASU guy standing at the goal line covering no one. <laughs> he was able to make the, <laughs> make the miraculous interception. You're just like, oh, it's going to be, it's going to be that night. Cause that was, should have been an easy seven. And a guy kind of like Oregon last week on the Rome slipping an Oregon defender who's out of position getting beat is just there to make the interception. Uh, it's, I don't know. I, that's my two things is I think Penix is hurt. And I think the bye week for ASU combined with Washington that coming off of Oregon definitely was a factor. Uh, and it shouldn't be an excuse, but it was definitely a factor. And the whole team is injured. I don't think it, I literally think the, almost the whole team is fucking injured And the guard, the guard and center injuries have caught up with them. Uh, you know what? They have three, they have basically three starters out at this point with melee, uh, Memelar was supposed to be the starter. And then Buelo, who I think sucks, but I think would have been a better option, especially against the interior guys they've been going against lately. Uh, that 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 catches up with you, and clearly ASU was able to attack it. Now, granted, we won the football game, and yet we're harping mostly on negative stuff. But I, it has to be said that was some of the worst tackling I've ever seen from a Division One program last night. Um, concerns going forward, right? You got a running back named Scooby Dooby Doo or whatever, and he's getting <laughs> five yards after contact. Um, yeah, I uh, I had looked at the stats, too, during the game, and, like, their two backs, I was shocked in modern college football. They were averaging, like, 3.2 and 3.4 yards per carry or something yes. coming into that game. It was bad. Yeah. They're not good. They're not Bucky Irving, uh, though I will – as any Duck fans listening, those guys look just about as good as them almost. Uh, they made them <laughs> look fucking great, and that was frustrating. No pressure on the quarterback. Uh, and that again. guy is slight, slightly, again, slightly mobile, but not really. Uh, that was he's not a big difference. Yeah, he's not. He's small. He's small. He doesn't have a big arm. He's not athletic, and they just could not get anywhere fucking near him. And the way the game played out just never put pressure on ASU until after that pick six. Like, you know, they just got to play however they wanted, and the pressure was always on Washington. So it was just terribly paced, horrifically paced game. I mean, it was like root canal. It was just the whole no, game. It, 
It was up until yeah. that pick six, too. It was They were one play away, it felt like, from the game being over, too, for, like, two quarters with how bad the offense was playing. Like, the defense, like, if they would have – if the Huskies had a pick six on their end or if they gave up a big play or they let ASU score, like, on a six-yard run, it would be like, they're not coming back from this. And thank God the defense stood up again, which we're going to be positive, you know. The defense in uh, – the defense in – Times where they need to play has fucking played, uh, you know, two weeks in a row. And that they can't. That's something that needs to be acknowledged as a positive. I mean, and they, they were on the field. It felt like the whole goddamn game. It was just ASU just was able to hold on to the ball because well, the Huskies just gave it right back to them. So they that was a hell of a performance by the defense, even if they did have you know bad tackling. I even. I, I, I even wrote it, I mean, at one point. I mean, it's bad. I, I, I know the tackling was really bad, but, I, I mean, you you could still argue that the defense was pretty heroic to a point because, I mean, they had every reason to – every reason to mail it in. I mean, if they were yeah. playing a better team – if they were playing a better team, Huskies get blown out. On, on their own field. Uh, they just get completely mowed over on their own field after that first half. Uh, but, you, you know, I mean, as bad as as bad as bad that tackling was, they were out there all, yeah, like Willie Duke said, it was all fucking game it felt like. And they were given no no help by the offense whatsoever. No. no. Um, you know, as we pointed out uh you know, like last year, uh, we were discussing like, you know, it used to be in previous years in the Peterson Lake era, you know, the Huskies always had a like uh, a bona fide tackler on the defense where, you know, it was a guy that just never missed a tackle. Always came up, made it. It, it didn't have to be a linebacker or a, you know, or a safety. It could have been a you know, defensive back like Molden and uh, Kyler Gordon. You know, I mean, there was BBK. He, he didn't make like the 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 dick buckets yeah. like linebacker. You know, tackle, but you know, he never fucking never fucking whiffed and never arm tackled guys. Uh, you know, and this team, I mean, this team doesn't have just like last year. Doesn't have a guy that you know, like he's gonna come out of, you know, come out of, uh, you know, off the view of the camera and come out and blow up a guy or, you know, get a guy by the legs and stop him. Every time there's a, there's a swing pass to a running back on, you know, when they're playing this (laughs) defense or somewhere in the flat, I'm like, I'm like, God, just please stop him on third and four, please. You've got him right in the backfield and, and it's constantly missed. Hampton, who I like, don't want to beat him up, but if we're going to, you know, truth is truth, Hampton is the king of delivering the huge blow when the other team gains 14 on third and seven. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then taunting or, or uh, he does a little yeah. dirty shit every time, too. Yeah. Yeah, he's also like, a great. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh no, he's also very, very possible of 
if they do get a third down stop of doing a personal foul, uh, he's gotten away with stuff that, you know, the Pac-12 refs easily could have called a couple times this year at, like, key moments where, yeah, he's also that. Like, yeah, where someone else makes the play, then he comes up and he tips a guy or he, uh, uh, you know, says something stupid. Yeah, no, I mean, that's – the defense just – I mean, it's also modern – Modern offenses right now are so hard to stop. It's just a little bit different, and I do think it is encouraging that when they really have to get a stop, they've been better about it uh, because it's just so hard to stop a team on four downs, you know, not uh, in, in modern college football, especially last week against a good offense. But, I mean, to me, the big thing on defense is, one, uh, Trice just I, – I don't see it. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't see the first round. Uh, I don't see the fourth you know, round. I don't see it. I, I I think he. I would assume there's a decent chance he's coming back. And I know, I know the big thing is, uh, oh, he's getting double teamed, and I think he is getting held a lot. But though it's it's college. It's, I mean, I I bitch about it when other teams talk about their their edge rushers who don't get sacks. Of like, it's college, man. I mean, those those tackles are not that good. Uh, and he's I don't not think getting off blocks. No, he's not getting off blocks. I don't think they're scheming them very well. I'd like to see him you know, on third and longs, be inside some more. Uh, and I think he's – but he is just I, – I don't see it. I don't see him even being like try-on right now. I, I don't know if he's – I don't think he's the physical freak, of, you know, they have like with a try-on. Uh, he just kind of seems to be somewhere in between. And he's fine. Uh, ZTF, um, I mean, in both of them, I, I, I thought going against a guy who's not quite as mobile as the other guys this week was going to be a good thing. And I think ASU's offensive line was supposed to be pretty bad and banged up, and they just they looked like glue up until the final two drives when the pressure was really on. And, you know, they had the crowd behind them. And I don't see it with Trice. Uh, you know, again, it's the modern offenses. Uh, it just looked like one of those games, too, where – you look at the other team and you're like, how does this look so easy? Like you see them send the blitzer and it was just always a problem. And then the Huskies send the blitzer and he just disappears into the ether every single time. You're just like, how is this possible? Uh, I like that description. That's good. Yeah. Are they just, they run a, they run a a gadget play. Yeah. They run a play, they play action and the quarterback does like a reverse rollout and there's a guy there wide open and the Huskies run it and it's almost a sack. And then the guy's got two guys on him and no one's open. And you're just like, how is it looking so easy? Which goes back to the Peterson years. I mean, uh, yeah, if we're talking defensively, they lack, they lack that guy who just is, you know, always there and making the tackles. But then Trice has just been not what everyone thought he was going to be. And I don't see it. Uh, I really don't see it. And you just uh, you almost want to wonder if he's been plagued by maybe some unreported injury all year, because he's not even he's not in the same galaxy as what he was last year. So he just looked he looks bigger to me. I don't get it. He looks way bulkier. Uh, he just looks way bigger, but he looks way slower. Like he just doesn't seem like he's beating anyone off the punch, and he can't get off blocks. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And I don't think he's getting any help. I think the other defensive end spot yeah. is just a complete sieve. And then D-tackle is banged up uh, and not that good uh, to begin with outside of Thule, who is very hurt. So they, uh, 
Yeah, I think going back to, too, that reminds me of going back to where I thought this was going to be a 24. I thought this easily could have been a win 24 to 7 or 21 to 7 and just kind of grind out an ugly game. I mean, I think they, they sat a bunch of guys, you know, not a bunch, but, you know, Thule, still McMillan, still out, Bernard, uh, Buelo on the O-line. I mean, I think they I think they thought they could get out of this game while, while resting guys up, and they needed to because the schedule – uh they don't have a bye week left, and this was the easiest game left on the schedule. So uh, that's my that's my really concerning part. This team is banged up and beat the fuck up, and they don't have a bye week. Uh, their bye week is over, and the games get really hard after next week. Yeah, I don't yeah. think they got any any production from. Uh, I mean, I didn't I didn't go to the game. I watched it on. Unfortunately, I had to sit through Mark Helfrich. Good God! Oh my God! <laughs> uh, so bad. But oh. anyways, uh, we can get back. He made, to, Yogi, we can get back he made to... Yogi Roth look like Howard Cosell. Oh, uh, well, we'll get Sorry to Sling Blade in a, in a sec. We'll get to Sling Blade <laughs> in a second. No, I, no, I brought it up. My my bad. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I was going to say the the. Uh, defensive tackles from yesterday. I mean, zero impact. Uh, yeah, nothing. LA, nothing. Bandus, nothing. Tuatelli, nothing. Oh. I mean, the the whole broadcast, the whole broadcast. It was never a, uh, you know, oh Bandus with you know good penetration there to make the stop or you know, I mean they were just getting they were getting fucking mauled at the line uh, all game and it, and then it was, you know they they get to the second level and it was Tuputala missed tackle. Go forth missed tackle. Eddie Lafoscio missed Bandit. tackle. Bruner Bandit missed tackle. Wrapping up. Oh my God. It was just I mean it, it, it I, I'm hoping my hope is classic uh classic letdown game like, you know th- this is why the move to the Big Ten where you know, hopefully Oregon is the last game so that you can't have these, you know, these monumental letdowns the week after, you know. Uh, I, I mean, my hope is just the, the Big Ten's just a totally different atmosphere for this for this kind of stuff. I, I, uh, didn't man, we – uh, I, I can't play destroy- these teams. I'm done, I'm done playing Arizona State. I'm fucking done playing that team. <laughs> God, I'm so done with that program. Didn't we destroy Stanford 41-7 to in 1992 after coming off a horrific game the week before? Uh, let me see here. October 31st, 1992, we beat Stanford 41-7, to and the preceding week we beat Pacific 31-7. to That's right. That was a horrible game. It's just a <laughs> random memory that... Random memory yeah. that popped into my head, but we had a horrible game where people, the fans were booing the team, even though they were ranked number one in the nation. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. The Pacific game was their seventh win of the year, so they were seven and zero, ranked number one in the nation, and the fans were booing them. And then the next week yeah. they blew out Stanford. Of course, they and lost three, Arizona. Like after that, three but, years <laughs> later, it was probably three years later, or or four years later, Pacific. Uh, you know, press the quit button on the football program. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
And we got we got we got stuck we got stuck with Nigel Burton because of that. <laughs> well, you know, uh, he was kind of our he was the Dave Janowski of the defense, right? He was a good, he was a, he was a good player for us, I, I guess. So, yeah. I mean, since we're gonna bitch about the Pac-12, of, no, I mean the whole time when I once the schedule came out and I saw the Oregon game was so early in the season and a bye week before it. I was like, that makes no sense. You look at other conferences, and, I mean, you have the rivalry games are always the last week of the season, and obviously with the the, you know, the Beavers and Cougs being the true rivals, that's not going to be the case. But, like, how is that not a November, early November game? Like, yeah, like, uh, it looks like it's going to work out fine for Oregon, at least injury-wise, of course. And uh, But, yeah, like, you don't schedule a bloodbath like that that early in the season. And then the, giving the teams the bye week before was so dumb. Uh, because now, you know, now you're, now you're banged up. And then on top of that, the whole non-division thing, I've been bitching all week because, you know, before the game, it seemed like the the collision course was likely Oregon and Washington in the championship game of like, you don't make your team play their bitter rival game twice a year. That's not a thing. That's stupid, idiotic, uh, because of their new, their new stupid format, uh, that they, they should have got rid of after last year of the teams with the best record. So that was dumb. I never, I, I never understood. I'm sure it's probably because they want to, the Notre Dame games or something with Stanford and USC that they can't, they couldn't schedule that game in November for some reason. Uh, but yeah, it's just another thing of the PAC 12, just dumb scheduling. Don't why don't schedule that game at that point and then never give the bye week after that. Well, Jen was the one that uh, agreed with the schedule. So, but so you, I mean, you go back to yeah, like last year, the last four games of the season uh, were uh, I'm talking regular season games: uh, home against Oregon State, uh, at Oregon, home against Colorado, at Washington State. So, three of your last four were your, you know, your Northwest rivals. Yeah, it was hard. I, I I think it was hard for the team to have letdowns in those games, you know. And it was, I mean, home against Colorado. That was like that game that was, was over and before it started, you know. He, that was a blessing. Uh, <laughs> that was a perfect because uh, if they would have had to, I mean, that that was a blessing last year getting Colorado and at home the week between Oregon and the Apple cup. Uh, but yeah, no, I think, uh, uh, I, again, that's starting to creep into excuses. You, you should be able to win that game pretty easily, but I'm very concerned about, especially going into the heart of these tough games of the health, the health, uh, and fatigue of the, of the team. Uh, it's a gigantic concern and they lack depth. And on the, on the defensive tackles, even with Thule in there, in modern football, they really lack anyone who can pressure the quarterback from inside, like uh, Elijah Qualls type player even, who just like, they're never, they haven't gotten a play from inside all year that, you know, affects the quarterback coming from a D tackle. That's a problem. Uh, and then you really got to think about going forward. I mean, they, they lose they lose. I don't even want to think about next year because we got a long season ahead. But yeah, the defensive play tackle against the pass, even too, has just been terrible. They're they're ne- they're nothing. They're not. They don't. 
they, though I'm, I'm going to stop being negative and say, I mean, I think I'm sure they were affected by having last week, having to take on the Oregon offense and, you know, do enough to win. I think they were probably pretty gassed and no Thule just killed them. Man, what I wouldn't give for like a Jalen Johnson or something on this yeah. game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> just a guy to get you uh, four sacks a year and yeah, come up with some big plays every you know every once in a while. Yeah, but you know how? Could... Go ahead. No, I mean, I'm going to just say the same thing. I mean, someone who could collapse the pocket at all from the inside would be a huge on this team because they just don't have anyone who can even kind of do it. But do you know how, like, uh, how do I say it? How subtly deflating it is that, especially when he gets into the game, gets into crunch time and the other team has the ball and they're going to be throwing and you just kind of already know to not expect there's going to be much of a pass rush coming from your guys. Yeah. You don't even really have that hope that you're going to get in there and you would you would think that um you know our DBs are maybe a bit better this year than last year with with uh, Muhammad playing so well I think um that we would blitz a little bit more but we're really not. Yeah, well, I they're going to have uh, to start doing something. They're going to have to start being creative yeah. <laughs> with something. It, it, because uh, it, it's not working right now, whatever, whatever they're doing. I, Why I is mean, the it so does bad? Seem, it does seem like whatever offense they're facing, they're all, like, really trying to get the ball out super quickly. Yeah, like that's a good point. Every team's found a recipe to, to, to just grind out. A, they're all doing David Shaw rope-a-dope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I mean, yeah, they get the ball out quick. Uh, I mean, they faced even the ASU guys. Slight, it's, it's somewhat mobile enough. Uh, yeah, I'll be, I'll be curious to see what they try. I, I think they might have sent Asa once yesterday. I mean, all things considered, the DBs are actually doing pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. They're they're getting no pass rush help. Uh, I mean, they're not. They're also not giving up big plays. I mean, they've given up a couple. Uh, if you do say a positive about the defense, too, they don't really give up big plays. I mean, they don't give up runs really more than, like, they'll, they'll give up a couple, you know, 10 to 15s, but that's about it. Even against a team like Oregon, who runs the ball really well and has good bats. Uh, the defense, yeah, I, I think to get some positives on top of it, the defense in a lot of ways uh, has been better. The DBs, the DBs are almost never just completely not there. I would say one thing that just stuck out, too, of just, like, Maybe you don't notice it if it's your team, but, like, ASU clearly was, like, the interior of their O-line isn't good. We haven't even got into the whole thing with that yet. Uh, we're just going to attack the middle of their O-line. Uh, and then they're, they're like, their um, their D-tackles their are banged up. We're going to run just at them slowly. And then, like, the second uh, Fabiki Lonin went out, I think it was – I was taking a piss, went, went out – they just immediately went after the the guy who came in for a big play. Every team is just going after Elijah Jackson every play. I'm like, who is the guys on the other teams that Washington just can't seem to attack <laughs> on both sides of the ball? It's like these other teams don't have weaknesses. You're just like, hey, everyone, every, what? Do you do you remember last week against Oregon? And it's a moot point because we won the game. But Oregon had two. Their both their corners got injured on the same play and went out. 
And wouldn't common sense dictate that you would immediately go after their backups, but we didn't do it. No, they did. I was going to say I, I, that you're I kind of disproving my point on the third and four on the third down Rome's touchdown catch. They went right after uh, this guy who was a big five-star recruit too. Is the funny part. Dante Manning. But that they was went later. Right to him. Uh, it was that like two it. plays later. It was like two plays later. I promise was it, you. It was, was it the like, next period? Yeah. No, it okay. was the same one. Uh, oh, okay. And shout out again to all the Oregon, Oregon fans in that bitch number five who laid on the field for 20 minutes. And then like the next, <laughs> the next year, the next series he was back in and then whatever weird shit they had with Bucky Irving yesterday. Uh, I don't know if he was faking injuries or if he is hurt and they're going to, fucking give him a neck transplant over the weekend just so they could keep playing him. Uh, fucking weirdos. Uh, yeah, no. The they, marbles they, of that, modern surgery and medicine. <laughs> neck yeah. transplant. I'm, yeah. being, I'm being a psycho. I, I just, I'm being a psycho. I just, I watched a little bit of their game and I saw him laying on the field looking like he was fucking DeMar Hamlin. And then like five seconds later, he's walking around fine. So I'm just like, what, what happened? What? What? Why, right. why is Three that weeks removed right. from neck re- replacement surgery. Lucky <laughs> right. Irvin back right. on the field representing his Bryce. Stock. Bryce Love is jealous of the <laughs> of the advancements Bucky Irvin is receiving. <laughs> no, I'm neck I'm sick of that shit. I think they got some fucking strat. This is my one of my conspiracies. They, I don't think it's a conspiracy. If I don't want to talk about them too much, but. If we take a big hit, lay on the field for as long as you can to try to get a flag, uh, which is a bitch move, uh, or something weird like that. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I think if we want to get into the offensive line, I was there, and it was just like – so they started with Brailsford at center and Jaron Hatchett at right guard, and they were really struggling uh, to keep the ASU guys from getting their hands up. And then they switched to Landon Hatchet at center, and then they pushed Brails for the right guard. But then that was just a disaster. Uh, it seemed like it really threw off the rhythm, and then they still couldn't get uh, they still couldn't get ASU the D line from getting their hands up and getting pushed back. So they that was bad. I mean, I think that's when it really showed that you know last year. I never think any of these guys were fantastic, but uh, Kirkland. Uh, Luciano and Benavalu, and now they got. Then they lost Mele, the, the three, the three guards and centers I talked about. That was a disaster. They clearly were trying to figure something out, and they could not get the whole game. They couldn't get an answer there, and they don't have anyone. Uh, uh, they don't have anyone in the cupboard. I think that's going to solve it. Mm-mm. I mean, if they Stanford. somehow win the, if if they somehow pull pull off winning the conference with all the injuries they've got, uh, miracle, miracle season. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't know what we were, I don't know what we were going over. I vaguely recall preseason, uh, talking about what we'd like, um, from the defense, like ranking or points per game wise. Uh, I don't, do you guys remember, Mm-mm. what we kind of wanted points per game, you know, at any point, like what, what, what they could ho- hold them. Cause I, I've got the, I've got the de- NCAA defensive rankings in front of me. Um, uh, I think if we did, it was probably somewhere in the like mid twenties, even high twenties, I think. 
which is brings up another point uh, to me of just like it's the second week in a row where you're like, okay, this is just on the offense now to be average to win this game, and it required the, instead required the defense to play their best game to win the game. But sorry, continue. Well, they're they're ranked twenty third right now. I, I mean, I vaguely recall we yeah we were like just if you're in, if in you're what category in the top points per game. I, I just uh, I just went strictly points per game eighteen point nine. They're ranked twenty third right now. Uh, last last night seven point you know performance really really helps and you know I mean the Michigan State game really helps too but uh, <laughs> hey you know yeah. all the teams in front of them played uh, you know quote unquote cupcakes as well so well Ohio State played to, Pittsburgh you gotta throw yeah. into that sad as well Cal I mean they gave up like what like 25 points after the game was over too I mean they really yeah. held Cal to, to 12 points yeah uh, and I yeah. think I think there were some other games too I think like Boise I mean Arizona scored with like a minute left and the game was basically over they yeah, they also in that stat too they've given I think Tulsa Tulsa and Boise State got a got some garbage time points to that affect that that score so no I I'm saying the defense is really uh, the defense has really been better. I mean, like last week when they go up 29 to 18, I literally said to my dad, I'm like, it, it's on the offense now. I mean, they should fucking kick field goals probably the rest of the way to win, uh, win by seven to 10. Like it's on the offense. Like the defense has done their job. They held Oregon down long enough. They got a couple key stops. Like the offense just needs to be like, score 10 more, like do a little bit and run some clock. And they, the offense went three and out immediately. I think got a, got a goal line stand against a not that spectacular defense. I mean, uh, the offense, which my last point before I forget it of like, so going into the game last night, everyone's asking me all the, the boomers are asking me, what's the weather report? Like, do I need to bring my rain jacket? Like I check my app and I'm like, no, it says there's no rain. It hasn't rained all day. <laughs> we get in the stadium and with 20 minutes left to go and it just starts fucking raining. And you're just like, are you fucking kidding me? Against AS, it really felt ominous. Yeah, and hard. It felt so ominous. You're like, fucking ASU. Then they get out there, and the Huskies look really affected by, by the rain. And then ASU looks, the team from the desert looks not even fucking phased. Like the Huskies were fumbling, and they couldn't, they couldn't throw the ball. The kicker slipped on the first play. Then ASU gets out there, and it looks like they're playing in completely dry like that's another thing of just like what how, how why is this the case like how is this not affecting the the away team from the desert and it seems to be just crippling the home team and ASU was trying to throw downfield too it wasn't like they were just running the ball and then just looking at the stats here Stanford um averages their offense averages 21 points a game and 3.5 yards per rushing attempt yeah. So this is so if we give up like 33 points or something to them, that would be very disappointing. I want to think that we're going to come out and and uh, this will be the game where we win by 31 or something. But you know. Well, okay. Stanford's defense uh, strictly points per game. They're ranked 129th out of 130 133 teams. So they're they're giving okay, up so. 36 point. 
They're giving up 36.9 points per game. Um, Let's see here. You know, averaging 315, giving up 315 yards passing and 150 yards rushing, four and a half yards per carry. Uh, I mean, this should be – they should completely blow out Stanford. I mean, don't don't even like don't take your foot off the gas type of game because you're gonna you got to go back down to L.A. the next week, and I think you got to get into USC's head like, hey, we're uh, still a team that's gonna put uh, fifty fucking points on you because their defense I mean, sucks yeah. too. I think. You had said in the text thread, too, of my, like, uh, ASU, oddly, their defense was not bad coming into the game. Like, they obviously lose a lot of game. They lost, like, 0-29 to against Fresno State. But their defense, like, was actually pretty decent. It, and their offense sucked. But, I mean, like, uh, you know, their offense was just going to dink and dunk all the way up and down the field all game. So, yeah, it's a it was not an ideal matchup. Uh, but again, in the, in the endless fucking fear and worry of like, I don't know. I, I just feel like the showing that if you blitz up the middle, every play, no matter how many guys you send, Washington can't beat it. And it's a little scary. I, uh, I'm a little worried that like people are starting, people have seen a lot of tape on Washington and they, they know Penix is hurt and they're just like, it's going to be really hard for teams to not know how to beat them now. Uh, but no, that's, it was a good point that ASU was not an ideal matchup. Stanford should be a good matchup for them. Here's the thing. <laughs> I don't know that Penix is necessarily injured though, based just based on what I'm seeing, because the way that he was reacting to pressure and hands in his face uh, last night, we saw that last year too. So, um, you know, unless you're hearing something specific that he's he's hurt with the ribs or whatever. Um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I just feel like even earlier in the season, he was better at if pressure was coming, like seeing where it's coming and kind of adjusting in the pocket other than not being affected by it. It just seems now like he just uh, – he just – Well, that was – Starts to – That was a prison yeah. break last night, though. I mean, that was – he hadn't yeah. faced anything like that. I mean, they were all over him last night. No, that that was like a perfect storm. That was like Arizona State coming in. Like you know, we really have nothing to lose. Let's just let's just try all this. Greased up. Uh, let's see. Yeah. I mean, all <laughs> greased up for no reason. <laughs> uh, they were just like, let's let's just try this game plan. This. Uh, here's our game plan. We're just going to blitz every play, which is <laughs> literally what I see before Husky games, uh, watching, uh, being around youth football all day on Saturdays uh, before Husky games. Like it's just blitz. It's just eight people blitzing the whole, you know, the whole game. Yep. <laughs> and it looked, it looked like that against ASU yesterday and the Huskies were like, oh, I, I've never seen this. And and uh, the perfect storm of having so many injuries in the interior, Arizona State's like, we're just going to take six guys. We're going to run it right at these three guys and 
see if they could stop us. And then the Huskies couldn't fucking stop it whatsoever. For most of the game, they were averaging seven yards a carry until until it came down to five by the time the game ended. But And they were not getting, you know, it wasn't like there was a 77-yard touchdown run or something. They they were just plowing forward with the Scooby-Dooby-Doo guy and the other guy. I'm forgetting his name. And um, and then they do the dink well, and the dunking. They had a lot of delayed whistles, too. Like, there was probably two or three plays. Yeah. Where, <laughs> I mean, there was a pile. There was a pile, and you can count to, like, five. <laughs> and a whistle probably normally is blown, and they're just letting the play go. And then the guy just starts yes. backpedaling for another few yards. And you're like, come on, guys. That play was over. Yeah, there was at least two times that the that play clock hit zero. They did not snap the ball, and then they snapped it, and nobody stopped it. That happened well, at least I, twice. Yeah, I think the. Uh, I, I mean, both teams both teams can complain about the officiating. That was a really oh, poor effort by the. That was a poor effort by the. I mean, it really started with uh, Polk getting. Uh, yes. Fulp getting sodomized at the goal line by by two culprits from the Sun Devils. I mean, that and, the, was, and the ref's right there. He's staring right, right there, at it. looking right there, looking at it on the replay. I I, I fifteen yards away. Get, I thought the cops were going to get called to my house because I was yelling so <laughs> bad. Because you know, usually you see a play like that, and your blood pressure goes up, and you go, "Oh no, there's got to be a flag there. There has to be a flag. Look at that." And I wasn't even worried about that one because he was getting so mugged. I was like, oh, okay, yes. there's going to be a flag. I wasn't even worried. And then I was like, uh, hello, no flag, hello. Oh, my God, no flag. Yeah. It was like that, you know. So. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, and, and, so bad. and we got, we we kind of got the, uh, we kind of got yeah. the, uh, uh, what do you call it, the, I don't know, the makeup, the makeup call with the, uh, you know, yes. Muhammad holding on to the jersey, which yes, you know, prevented them preventing them from getting any points on that drive. And I mean, it's just poetic. I I turned to my wife after Polk got tackled. Uh, my wife and daughter. I said, nothing good is going to come of this when Polk <laughs> tackled. And then the next fucking play is the interception. And I was like, I was like, I. I this is you don't even need to know football to know that this is this is what the karma is of the football gods. It's just <laughs> this is you know every time you, you notice every time there's like you know it's third and fifteen and the defense makes a stop and then oh here's the here's the uh, the defensive holding from uh, the opposite side of the field right where the quarterback's not even looking and the team gets an automatic first down and I'm always just. I'm always yelling, just give them the touchdown. I, I just just let them kick off. Give them the seven points. It's fu- the drive is fucking over. It's over. I know how this story turns out. Just give them the seven points. I just want the ball back. Spare the injuries. Just give me the ball back. Yeah. Uh, I Since I was there, I, I didn't know if anyone watching it Again, I'm also trying to refresh my memory of the 30-yard personal fouls. Uh, I've never seen that in football. I think other against the Huskies, against ASU last year, 
And it wasn't it on like a turnover, a turnover of downs last year too, when they, I've never, where they, they, they gave the Huskies 30 yards of personal fouls. And that happened right in front of us. It looked like the ASU guy after the play just, I almost feel like he baited the situation. He just tackled one of the Huskies after the play and drug him to the ground. And then a scuffle broke out. And then I saw the flags and as I'm discussing, I'm like, okay, at least they're going to, this was a scuffle. They're going to do when they got, when the ref kept talking, they're going to do offsetting and we're going to fucking play football. When the guy gave the two penalties and we're going to walk off 30 yards against Washington, it was just confounding. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that was a legit call. And it reminded me of last week rewatching the Oregon game of, uh, I forgot about the back-breaking Elijah Jackson personal foul where the Oregon receiver was holding yeah. him, tackling tackling him out of bounds uh, and holding him and ripped him, threw him down out of bounds, and then, he, and then was laying on him, and then he retaliated by like, kind of like pushing his hand in his face, and, of course, they only got the only got the Husky guy, and they watched the whole fucking thing. I, I don't know what happened, but that was fucking insane uh, in, a, in a huge game-breaker right there. Well, they called it on... Uh, I think it was Sean Toomey Stout, but I think on the broadcast they were saying it, it was going to be on uh, Tybo Rogers. So That's what they I, said on the broadcast, yeah. Yeah, they said it was Tybo Rogers, and I think Varel may have tweeted out that it was supposed to be on Tybo, but um, they never corrected it or, or anything. I It looked like Polk got... Uh, got hit late after the whistle. And so, yeah, I thought the same thing as Wooly Duke, like, oh, okay, there's, you know, there was a late hit, uh, unnecessary roughness, and then, uh, you know, a dead ball personal foul, and they'll they'll offset, and uh, they'll just play it where it, you know, where it goes or whatever. And, and uh, no, double, double personal foul. And, and they're both after the whistle, so – they I, I, apparently they must both count. I thought I thought you you would only take one if one was during Correct. the field of play, and then one was after the ball. I mean I I understand that double uh, double penalty, but not both uh, not both after the whistle. So I don't I, I don't uh they they called one. They called one during the, you know, during the play, but I think it was, I think they were both after the play. So they, they should have only given one. And I mean, in my opinion, I don't, well, I'm not as rule book savvy as maybe most people, but you know, I've only seen the 30 yard personal foul. I think twice in my life. I think both times it's yeah. been a Washington against ASU at key junctures of the game where I think the ball was changing hands. Uh, and they were going to have really good field position. Uh, just, I think the Coons did that in the eighties too. Yeah, just wild. I and again, again, just bitching more. Just you got to fucking <laughs> punch the, you got to punch the ball in in that situation. Jesus Christ! In the fucking game, uh, they just can't, they can't get the score to end the game against anybody. It's always got to be stressful. And then on defense, they can't ever just come out and you know, get a three and out when the other team gets the ball back down by eight or something like that. They got to let them get to at least midfield. Uh, just that killer instinct just really seems to be just that the team just does not seem to have it, even when they win games. It's just like you go back to last year, too, where you're just like, 
like the Alamo Bowl and shit where it's like, God, just get one stop or get a touchdown here. Don't kick a field goal and the game is over and they just can't. It's just it's going to come down to the final possession, the final the final minute, no matter what. Uh, and I think that's part of that's probably not being a good running team, a team, uh, but then also just and in, in not being explosive on defense. Which thank God on, uh, thank God the Powell for making that play. It, it felt like is pessimistic as I am. It felt like something like that was going to have to happen. I mean that AS, ASU offense sucked, and they were just. And they were just everything they were doing was gold, and that quarterback's not that good. You're just like they're gonna something's gonna have to happen. There's no way they can continue continue this just miraculous run of fucking hitting 21 and blackjack every single play, including on defense. We were just like they're blitzing so many guys. How how are they not just gonna hit a gap where well, I was supposed to be? How? Well, I know, but six yard gains on third and four. I wouldn't call that hitting twenty one in blackjack. <laughs> I mean, I guess more in defense. I guess more in defense, but I mean that guy was. I guess more on defense, but I guess that I mean that 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 team never turning the ball over, especially with the wet conditions and stuff like Correct. that. Just felt it was like, amazing. Just felt like, and every time the Huskies, as I said, like Penix's first interception was bad, but then again, it might have been a guy who was out of position who just the ball got thrown to. Uh, both fumbles. I mean, you're never getting the fumble back to you. They they both go directly to ASU. It just felt like every how with all those blitzes, do they never hit a guy? Uh, hit a guy who's just in a seam that gets even just a big play is just insane. Uh, again, mm-hmm. it's ASU. It felt a lot like there was that rain game against ASU in 2014, which was like the same yeah. game. Though that was a little more expected because Washington's offense, Troy Williams, was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I think that even that game, John Timu took a pick six back was like the only score for the Huskies that game. Uh, and then 2017, you have 2017 where they lost like 13 to seven and ASU. Positives, shout out to Grady Gross and the kick defense team. Uh, that was a difference yeah. in the game. Yeah. He's a young. Young kicker, he, he made. They weren't. He made a forty-seven yarder. I think the first one too. I mean, shout out to him. I think the deep, the kick defense got. They might have got their hands on one or both of those kicks too. Uh, one of them. One of them, and then the kicker might have been affected by the. Yeah, my, so, so shout uh, out to those guys. Yeah. Um, you mentioned you mentioned fumbles. Who did? Uh, Huskies yeah. don't have one. Huskies don't have one single fumble recovery. <laughs> the whole year? Not one. The whole year. Wait a minute. What? Don't have one fumble recovery. How's that possible? Well, I'm looking at the. I'm looking at it right here. Zero fumble recoveries. They have. So, let's just say. Let's say it's 30 rushing attempts a game. Just just to pick a number. That would be 210 rushing attempts for the season, not one fumble. Not one fumble. <laughs> not one fumble recovery. Only they have nine interceptions, which is way up from last year. Um, and let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven sacks on the year. Jesus. We have that many. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I'm not joking. It doesn't feel that way. I know try game mean, one. It's 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 pretty uh I like I like I said, it, it feels like it feels like every team is like 
uh, look, just get three or four yards every rush and then, and then fall down or something and get the ball out as quickly as possible against, you know, against this team. We, we cannot let their offense onto the field. Yep. I mean, yeah, I the think. team leader, the team leader in, Team leader in tackles for loss is Jabbar Muhammad. <laughs> That's so bad. And he wow. has, and he has oh one. And he has, he has one sack. So he's tied for second on the team with one sack. Oh my god! It, yeah, it's that damning. Uh, I mean, well, yeah, I can't even. I, there were several times yesterday where I, I'm like, I'm like pissed off. I'm like, I'm like, God, there's no fucking pressure. And then, you know, I, I have to, like, check myself and say, well, the quarterback got it out of his hands in, like, a, a second and a half. So how Not is there going to be Not every time, though. There were times where he was doing a full drop back and we just weren't getting there at all. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I, that's a good point on the fumbles because I can't even – it doesn't feel like teams are even fumbling. Like, they're not even – I can't remember moments where, no. they're like, oh, the team fumbled and they recovered themselves. They're just not fumbling the ball. And, God, that, that's – I uh, I was even I just I – you know, I didn't even think about it till you brought it up. And then I was like, huh, I'm going to scroll over and see what our fumble recoveries are. It's yeah. like, holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> then, then you start to – yeah, then you start to think about mm-hmm. it. You're like – Oh yeah, no teams aren't even putting it on the turf against us. Nothing. They're not. You know, there's no uh, missed and missed handoffs. No, no yeah. bad snaps. Nothing. Yeah. Just, literally nothing. We're not having that kind of luck where the ball just is kind of bouncing your way. I mean, we're having to earn. We're having to earn every single game. Like uh, it's like the it's like the officials are like. You know, tell they they tell uh, DeBoer before the game. Uh, look, you're not getting any calls to the fourth quarter, so, <laughs> it's, <laughs> so don't even look. At especially it. holding, especially holding calls. You're not you're not getting any yeah. in the fourth quarter. So you I'll better make say, do with what you have. All all week too, rewatching that big hit on the Oregon running back. It's just you watch the play and like, how does the ball not come out? Exactly. <laughs> You see yeah. that play in college yeah. football? It credit you see that to him. football all the time. Yeah, credit to him. But ninety-five percent of the time, you feel like that's either a fumble or the ball gets popped up into the air, and the defender's there to you know turn it into a pick six. Like and then the game, yep. the game's completely different. But of course, it gets tucked into him, and then he possibly fakes an injury for twenty minutes. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm not backing down on that. I'm not backing down on that that either. Uh, yeah, I uh, no, it's been a weird year. I think that you know, if you want to go pro luck, they're getting teams to miss field goals this year. Uh, that that's the lucky yeah. that's been lucky. That's finally kind of flipped. It always felt like no matter what, the other team always makes the field goal. Uh, this year, that's at least flipped. But yeah, the no fumble thing. I I do wonder if maybe you're right that opponents. Their game strategy is just to keep the offense off the field, so they're like, and that kind of helps with why they're not giving up big plays because teams are kind of like, yeah, just don't fight for a lot, you know, just go down a lot of times and don't fumble. Uh, and then on top of that, it seems like they're not getting any dropped passes. <laughs> the guys are never, 
you're just not getting any kind of just plays like that very often. Uh, yeah, it's just been, at least in that stuff, it just seems like they're not getting any of those plays. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I'm running out of negativity that I can find. They're missing field goals. So that's been nice. Oh, I, I looks got like some Cam, right? Cam Rising's <laughs> out for the year. By the way, it looks like. Oh yeah. Well, they're. You can tell. They're ba- they're they're walk on guys gonna fucking murder the Huskies. He can run. <laughs> he can run. <laughs> You're he's not a great now. passer. Yeah, he well, yeah, he can run. He's a try hard guy. Like he can run, and then that, that guy's just gonna be fucking absolute rat poison. They have no good receivers, no our tight ends. They're all just going to be – and then they got some shitty, big, slow, bulky running backs who are just going to uh, go after the fucking whistle. Yeah, well, I'm glad Joey pointed that out because I, I want to fucking bitch. Yeah, that was fucking weird on the field. We were like, yeah, call, fucking whistle the play dead. Uh, then the guy would run for seven more yards, and the play was obviously <laughs> over. Uh, yeah, no, I uh, – if we're looking ahead at all, I think Utah's Stanford in the conference this year, maybe. So I'm very interested to see how they play next week against Oregon. Uh, yes. Salt Lake City, hopefully they beat them 85-3. to three. Uh, But <laughs> I, I don't have <laughs> – I'd take 35-3, to three, Willie, but – I I would take thirty five to I would take thirty five to thirty four. I I mean I yeah I uh, eighty five to three. Yeah no I. Uh, uh, why did they no, lay, I, why did they allow that field goal? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Uh, yeah no I. Uh, we'll see. I'm not I'm not that obviously no, I'm not that enthusiastic about the rest of this fucking schedule at this point. So about 15 minutes ago, UW Dugbot uh, posted on the boards, and we'll get to people's questions here in a minute. He said, the highlight of my season is going to be is going to end up being chanting layoffs at the Pac-12 refs. Fuck this dead conference and its incompetence. Yeah, well, we've we've gone over it oh. so many times. You know what what has the conference done for Washington? You know. Not a, and then it can, it and then it feels like it, it's just in 30 years of 30 years. Don't get of, me started. You know, uh, yeah, just it's it's a 30 year uh, ongoing battle and can't get out can't get out soon enough. Uh, do we do we want to talk uh, since Wooly Dude is probably not going to rewatch the game ever again? Uh, do we want to? Kind of clue might. him in on on Mark Helfrich. <laughs> oh God! I mean, it was it was it was it was, it was pretty obvious. Does. It was pretty obvious that uh, he was not uh, the biggest Washington fan during the. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty obvious, as the, as the late Herb Mead would say. That is the understatement of the century. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it was awful. It was. I was like, "Give me Yogi Roth. This is horrible." It was like, and the other guy was just whatever, you know. He wasn't. He wasn't well, horrible. He, he wasn't good. He was just blah, you know. He wasn't that. Uh, he wasn't that. The first. The first uh, clue was he wasn't that uh, appalled by the no call and pull. 
he was correct kind of like he was just kind of like yeah, yeah, you know whatever ho hum you know uh, he may have even made a comment that I didn't rewind it that it wasn't as bad as it looked or something like that. And exactly, I, yeah, like, looked, you're right. I looked over at my wife and daughter, like, like, did he just, did he just say what I think he just said? You know, and and, uh, but but he was, I mean, he was, he sounded offended by you know Jafar Muhammad's <laughs> yeah. hold, and and then and yeah. then Elijah Jackson had a hold or something. It's Oh, a lot of a lot of jersey grabbing there. It's like, hey, you know, the receiver's tugging too. It looks like uh, you know, just some good, tough, physical football, you know. And I there mean, was one. Yeah, I don't granted, remember the play. Our guy tugged for like one third of a second, just like a little bit of a, and 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 then he was going on and on about it for twenty five seconds. Oh, I think it was the one where uh, he may have. Uh, Somebody grabbed the back of the, you know, the the like a hor- a little bit of a horse collar, and he was really, he was really unhappy about it. No, I don't remember he, that. Oh, he got away with a little horse collar. It was like yeah, the ball's already kind of there. It's not, you know, it wasn't hampering him that bad. Oh, that maybe that was what he said about uh, uh, the pole thing. Oh, it didn't hamper his progress. It's, you know, as much as I thought. It's like, he got fucking tackled. Oh, I mean, both arms wrapped around his torso. (laughs) It was like, it was like, it was a touchdown if both players aren't, you know, completely mugging him. It's a touchdown, which is the idea of pass interference. Yeah. Uh, Last bitch about refs, too, of Right in front of us, there was a play too where Odunze clearly got held coming out of his, like coming out of his route, and then they threw the flag, and then they picked it up, and oh. they kind of like, uh, there's no penalty. I don't know if it's because they thought the ball was uncatchable or something, but yeah, because there was a lot of bitching online about the Mohammed one, uh, but yeah, that was the same exact play where they picked up the flag. Which I don't know, maybe that was a makeup call or something. Because yeah, Odunze clearly got held, and they said, "Uh, there's no holding uh, on that." Um, yeah, weird. Well, doesn't weird if it, doesn't matter because they'll call holding on the opposite side of the field all the time. Well, well yeah, I, I mean, I, I was under. Just, yeah, I. Uh, I was gonna say too. I mean, it feels like this year, at least on the Husky defense, too. There's a lot of plays where, like, the receiver is initiating contact, and then they kind of get, like, a little bit, not even that much tied up earlier in the season. They just kept getting flagged for that. But if you watch the play, you're like, well, the receiver was the one who just, like, kind of pushed the guy and then kind of mm-hmm. clapped his hands around, and then they would throw the flag. Uh, that's been a big thing this year. I don't know if that's just happening in college football a lot more. Because uh, I, I do see the Husky receivers doing that, but a lot of times there's never a flag either way. Uh, it just seems weird, but yeah, that's my last gripe about the refs. So, should we should we jump to the questions here since there's a bunch of them? Yeah, sure. Uh, and some of these are they're kind of like they're like you know demi questions or whatever, and I might skip past them. But what should I care about? Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, hey. Hey is quoting somebody here, and he says, ASU played their absolute best game. UW played their worst, and we still won. What more do you want? 
And then Uladon uh, said, to not look like shit. And then, so, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, that's kind of the theme of our of our first 75 minutes here or whatever. But, uh, yeah. What, sh- what should I care about says to us, he says, please focus on strength and conditioning and tackling because there were too many times when the first defender made contact but couldn't bring the Sun Devil down. Also, can we do an NIL event where we burn these jerseys in a giant bonfire? Um, I would say this is just a guess off the top of my head, guys, but I would seriously say that if you went back and counted it, that Arizona State probably had at least 25 yards after missed tackles. Oh, man, probably more than that. I mean, I'm, maybe I'm even being conservative. Maybe it's 40. I don't know, but oh, really, yeah, it, really, it was, yeah, it had to be more than 25. Yeah, I, I'm tell, I'm it, telling you, it's the, it's the, you know, either either a pass uh or or a run that breaks to the outside, there's at least one arm tackle that's missed on this team. Yep. It's it's maddening. It, I mean it's, And Bandit just kinda of slaps bodies against that guy on that key third down, but he doesn't even try to wrap up and I don't understand I don't mean to focus just on that play, but it infuriated me. Like what are we doing out there, you know? It's yeah. it's it's a problem. So, and then, you know what? Yeah, go ahead. The talk, the talk of strength and conditioning. If you you notice, uh, the the second most recognizable uh, uh, personnel on on every single team is the strength and conditioning coach nowadays. They're always standing. They're always standing behind the head coach. Like they're, it, it was. I thought it was an Aaron Feld thing. Like now it's now it's every. It, it's like every team. They're standing behind the coach. Great. They're all they're all juiced up. They, well, except for uh, except for McKeefrey. We yeah, you never see him hardly on the sideline. But now the or now the new Oregon guy is always running around. I think he's that guy with the black hair. He's mm-hmm. always running around. He's he's kind of flamboyant. You get my drift. Uh, <laughs> I'll say flamboyant, flamboyant looking. Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> flamboyant adjacent. Yeah, flamboyant adjacent. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, any, anything that just a little aside that I, I'm starting to get irritated at. I, I don't know how you I don't know how you coach tackling anymore. I, I don't I don't know how much you're allowed to even tackle and you know, uh, it almost sounds like, I know you're not making an excuse for us specifically, but it sounded like it the way you said it. Arizona State didn't well, have no, any trouble tackling us. No, I, I'm I'm saying I, I know they have a tackling problem and but well you know, documented like, tackling hey, problem. <laughs> Oh no, I I know they have a tackling I know they have a tackling problem. I'm saying like we probably just have bad tacklers. It's like cuz I don't know like nowadays you're you, you know it's like it's frowned upon you, you you know you can't you can't do the Oklahoma drill. You can't do bloody alley during practice, you know, or whatever. <laughs> have all these tackling drills anymore. Oh, it's it's offensive <laughs> nowadays to tackle. God forbid you tackle during practice, you know, but 
I, I just, you know, I don't know how, I don't know how it can get better. I, they, they may just have a group of, it's, I mean, it probably goes back to fucking Bob Gregory, just not recruiting fucking linebackers for five years, you know. But when did we when did we have our last war daddy at linebacker? Azim Victor. In his sophomore year. Yeah. That's probably yeah, right. I mean, I mean, the area had kind of that luck for uh, you know getting the the fumble. I mean, he had like ten fumble recoveries that one season. I mean, it was pretty amazing. He was always. The ball always rolled right to him somehow. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't like this, you know, this feared specimen out there. He just had kind of a nose for the ball or something. But, yeah, Vic, Azim Victor was the last guy that, uh, you know, the last linebacker I think defenses were like, you know, worried about. These are not death row dogs. They're... Minimum security dogs. No, in a close Ugh. second, Kyler Manu. Good. A close second to Victor? <laughs> or you were joking? Thud. Yeah. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Joey? What? Okay. <laughs> and I have to say, uh, I kind of like the jerseys going into last night, but after we played, I don't want to see them again. <laughs> Donate them to Goodwill or send them to, uh, you know, Kenya or something, and let's be done with them. So, well, yeah, I gotta, I gotta say, our, you know, our, our buddy Jeff was giving us shit on uh, our other text thread. He's like, uh, it's not the jerseys, it's ASU, and he's probably right. But he is right, <laughs> you know. It was ASU. No, I'm not saying the jerseys for the reason behind it. It's just a, it's like a, you know, mental association now. It's a, it, it is, yeah. It's like it's like I, yeah, we can't wear those anymore. It's just gonna bring. We back wore the all memory. purple against Colorado in 1989 when their quarterback had Colorado's quarterback had died about 12 days earlier, and uh, Sal O'Neill, and then they. The Huskies wore all purple, and Colorado came into Husky Stadium and just went in dry. It was, it was. Uh, I don't even know why I'm bringing that up, except that we were wearing all purple that day, and that was back as, when the Huskies did do that type of thing. So, as as uh, I think Wooly Duke's dad had said one time, yeah, they lost that fucking game because of the deadbeat dad, or. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, Sal O'Neill impregnated McCartney's daughter. Yes, and then I know. died of cancer, and uh, uh, yeah, but he he had told the daughter like he he uh, you know he doesn't want to be with her or whatever. Yeah. Oh, I didn't so, know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was on the McCartney had like a thirty for thirty, and yeah, he uh, he didn't want to be with his daughter, and um, yeah. So I think Wooly Duke's dad always was just like, hey, he's a fucking deadbeat dad that died of cancer. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember Colorado ran onto the field out of the tunnel and then they all uh I can't remember if they were at midfield or if they they were on the field though and the whole team was in a big cluster and they all got down on one knee and pointed to the sky and you could just feel this thing in the stadium like oh shit 
<laughs> he could feel it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh and we lost forty five to twenty eight and it wasn't even that close. And Don James later, um I asked him about that once and he said, uh I don't remember his exact words, but it was like he said the purple all purple was the player's idea and they, and he said something he said something like he had told the people the at the athletic department, you know, burn those I never want to see them again. It was something like that. But uh, <laughs> and it was uh ugh. All right, so Biak One has got a uh, – you guys might want to pour yourself a, co- a cup of coffee and get comfortable because he's got a lot of stuff here. Uh, okay. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll try to zip through it oh, wow. reasonably. Okay. Oh, you're looking at it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, Number one, tackling is still an issue. Well, we already talked about tackling. You talked about time of possession. Okay, but he said, hardcore Husky overreaction aside, is it time to get some different defensive coaches? I would lean towards yes at this point. Yeah, and I, yeah, I, yeah, no, I, I mean the defense is, I we've we've got, I think the defense is getting the most out of what they have. I, I don't think the talent is. Is that great on the defense? I mean, we're still relying agree. on we're still relying on Becky London. But why are we tackling so poorly? That really bothers me. I think I think we got a team of bad tacklers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. I, I, don't know how else to I put, throw it I back to you. I, I don't know how else to put it. Like I said. It's, Let's go they're, to Joey down on the sideline. Can you sum up what you're seeing up there close there, Joey? I just think Washington has a can't. team of bad tacklers. Back to you. I don't I don't I don't want to be the guy of like uh <laughs> just just fire them, them and get new coaches. I don't I don't think that's gonna make the tackling better. I, I don't know how he, I don't know how they're supposed to practice tackling anymore. Well, you know? Chuck Knox, the late Chuck Knox, once said in his autobiography, I hope I quote this right, he said, my players are good enough if me and my coaches are good enough to coach them up right. And there's something to that. You can't, you can't make a, you can't make, you know, turn water into wine or whatever, but you've got to yeah, be able to yeah. take C minus and turn it into B minus or something. I'm glad that we're complaining about the defense when they basically the defense on its own tied Arizona State seven to seven in the offense. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the defense but that was a tie terrible game and, offense we played. No, I, I, they I, were. I, but it, I, I grant I what think, you're saying though. Yeah, and then the offense couldn't do anything uh whatsoever. Uh I, I don't know, I'm not that worried about the defense. I think last week with the tackling they were going against Bucky Irving and Bo Nix and Troy Franklin. And then this week, I think they were pretty gassed and they weren't getting helped by whistles and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, I honestly, I know I, I stand on my statement of the defense of, you know, last week uh, they did their job and it was like the offense gets fucking sucked at key points. And the offense was a disaster this week and gave them no help. I mean, they were on the field the whole game. They were in the field the whole game last week, too, for a lot uh, with the way Oregon played and how quickly the, de- the offense was going off the field. Uh, yeah, I don't really have – my concerns are not with the defense. I mean, you play – you go back 
they played against you know the crappier teams they played. They pretty much dominated them most of the time. But then uh, Arizona, uh, again, I thought the offense kind of was hanging them out to dry a bit. But no, I'm, I'm not. I'm actually not concerned with the defense that much. I am going forward, but uh, but I, I you know the, your argument is very valid though. So yeah. Um, Biak one wanted to know about either the disappearance or regression of ZTF and Trice, but I think we really uh, we already kind of touched on that. Uh, his third thing yeah. is grub play calling. Where are the screens? He seemed predictable. Blah 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 blah. Where were Culp and Westy? We already talked about that. Red zone play calling continues to be a problem. Call a timeout to run a wide receiver sweep promptly out of bounds. Oh. And we already complained about the two point conversion attempt. Um, is Penix hurt or mind fucked? Uh, we kind of went over that also. Yeah, the, is, the is, flak jacket he was wearing looked looked pretty uh, beefy yesterday. I don't know if he caught he that. He it looked like he was wearing something pretty bulky there, but I don't yeah. know. Um, and then he, P- Biak one is calling for Graz to shell the Heisman talk, and uh, Heisman's not even in my head uh, anymore now. You know, so no, just it, win. I don't, I don't fucking win. care about yeah. the Heisman. Just I, I did don't a little a shit. bit. It'd be nice to have one, but for the school. But uh, let's see here. Offensive line was an abortion, and the worst they played all year. I don't know if the play calling helped at all against the constant blitzing, but ASU fucked over Huff's boys pretty bigly. <laughs> Again, I, we kind of uh, already went over that. Fifteen years in an ASU bowling ball defensive tackle to suck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Looking Ooh, like who was the, uh, the uh, remember ter- uh, Suggs? I don't remember his first name. Terrell. 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 He had six sacks against us in 2002? Yeah, 02. I was there. Did that sound right? Yeah, I was there. It was a nightmare. Uh, Who Uh, was the – I think ASU had like a – they had like a defensive lineman like 10 years ago that was – that was fucking all world. I mean, they've had several guys where where I – I was just like, why couldn't the Huskies get on that fucking guy? They had a guy, I can't remember his name. He won Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year two years in a row at the D-tackle. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah. But Who was oddly, that? I can't remember his name. I oddly can't remember if uh, he, if the Huskies like didn't play them those years like with the schedule or if he just, in the history of Husky football, he did nothing against the Huskies. And then there are junk guys who you've never heard of play lights out, which is usually <laughs> the script. <laughs> um, and he, he concludes here, Biak one does by saying an ugly win is still a win, but they played like absolute dog shit. The calls for deportation to Gaza were legitimate and warranted. And it was purple J. He posted in the game thread that he wanted the entire Husky team on the first flight to Gaza. So, um, what are you going to do? So, esophageal, esophageal, how do you pronounce that? Esophageal? Esophageal. Esophageal, thank you. Esophageal feces. Will feces, you worthless cunt. <laughs> well, when was the last 
time UW played this shitty and yet still won. He asked me that in a PM also, and I said 2000, what did I say? Uh, it was an ASU game. I might have cited the 2000 ASU game, but. Uh, the Pac-12 well, championship against Utah. Which oh, was, yeah. One on a Byron six. Yeah. I mean, I think that Utah team was substantially better than this ASU team. And yeah, but I think that's, that's probably the easy call. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. By the way, did you hear, did you hear me? It was, it was Will Sutton. Will Sutton. Yep. Yep. Oh, I'm sorry, Joey. I heard you say that, but I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't. No, no, no. Connect the dots there. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay, I, I, inter- <laughs> I interrupted with a really, really pointless, uh, you know, name drop there. So, my bad. Well, it, sound- it, it sounded a little like Tourette's there. Will Sutton. <laughs> like, and then yeah, I was right. like, okay. And I was like, what? <laughs> and uh, I, I walk, I walk around my house just, just can't do. Will Sutton. Will Sutton. <laughs> So let's see, Grundle Stiltskin, who uh, our good friend Grundle, who uh, who was in a he was in a feisty mood last night, boys, and uh, he said even despite DeBoer's seventeen and two record that he's not the guy and he's got to go. Uh, but he said for the third, he he literally said that. I, I, I uh, it's not like him to be uh, what's the word unreasonable or something. Everybody's entitled to their opinion, but he's very passionate. The DeBoer is not the guy. Uh, but he says here, uh, for the third game in a row, Washington, quote, didn't play their best game tonight. So, um, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, it, it was said about each of the last three games that Washington hasn't played their best game. There's only so many times you could say that before you start to, you know, think that maybe somebody isn't what you think they are or whatever. So I'll give them that much, but. They are seven and zero. They have won fourteen in a row. Uh, DeBoer is eighteen and two. No Husky coach other than uh, Gilmore Doby has ever had a record like that in his first twenty games. Um, so I don't know what else to say in that regard. But yeah, the, not, the Nacho Man Savage, who by the way texted me this morning, and he's definitely coming up for the get together uh, for the Utah game the night before which I think is November 10th in Kirkland. Um, so he'll be here. He'll be flying up from Kentucky. So first time I've seen my good buddy in person since before COVID, I think. So um, let's see here. So he's talking. To, he's referring to Biak 1's questions, and he says, looking at questions 2 and 3, how was ASU able to get home on every pressure and we come up two yards short all night? We were already kind of discussing that, though. Um, we don't have an answer for that. Um, I can never pronounce this guy's name, but Willender. He wants to know yeah. how much did having how much did having their asses kissed for beating Oregon and being six and zero all week impact how they played against ASU. I think it might have impacted the offense. I don't think it impacted the defense at all. The defense played hard the whole night, despite all their bad tackling that I've been kvetching about. But they 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 had the effort there. The offense might have been looking in the mirror a little bit too much preening during the week. I think that's possible. What do you guys think? A little bit. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, it it could be it could be a legend. You know, everybody, including fans. You know, I don't know, I don't know how how jacked up the fans were or whatever. Uh, I don't know how, how was the crowd last night, Wooly dude. No, it was good. I they were just waiting. <laughs> they never would get anything to like build off of. It was a pretty good. Uh, it was. Like kind of like Cal, maybe a little less people than Cal, oddly, but they were ready and revved, and it was getting loud. But they just never got until that pick six. They just never got uh, any single thing to feed off of, and it just kind of felt like you were getting hit in the nuts every time you felt like something was going to happen. Yeah, that well, that pick six it finally got me up, you know, yelling and screaming again at at ASU, why they won't just roll over and die, fuckers. <laughs> well, Sutton! I, well, I, even, I even turned, yeah, I turned again to my wife and daughter. I said, um, if there's a knock on the door, it's probably the cops, so. <laughs> I mean, the neighbors had to have heard me yelling so loud. Uh, what was it, uh, was it? Was it? A, oh, it's against Oregon. Oh, it was the missed field goal when Oregon missed a field goal, and I was screaming so loud, and my my neighbor texted me and said, "Go dogs!" <laughs> so, uh, I got a little loud there, but um, where was I here? Oh, Green River Gator. It kind of looks like Grubb has been figured out. Last night, extinguished my dooging. Hopefully, he can prove me wrong and reignite it. Uh, we've already kind of commented on that. Um, well, Duke, uh, oh, good. Just think, just think about it, though. I, there's something about DeBoer that uh, you know those players. Those players won't quit on that fucking guy. No, no. You know, I I don't even get that. Like as down as I felt that whole game yesterday, I'm like, you know what? Uh, you know, they won't they won't quit on this fucking guy. So I'm not, I'm not quitting on this fucking guy. No, I'm not and quitting then, on you him. You know, and then I I listen to uh, I listen to like maybe ten minutes of post game interviews, and I didn't I didn't listen to the honks yet or anything, but. Just, just in case people were wondering, uh, <laughs> I was, I just, I try to catch some of the post game interviews, and it's like, you know, the players are like, hey, you know, we got out, got out with a win, we, you know, it was a tough team, it was tough out there, and I'm like, yeah, you know what, I'm not the fucking guy out there playing, you know, they're, they're happy with a win, I, I should be happy with a win, fuck it, you know, like, what am I beating myself up for? You know, because we didn't win 51-7. to 7. We won 15-7. to 7. Big fucking deal. It's a win. It's because you winners, were seated on a hillside win. wearing your Sunday best, and you were expecting to see a uh, – you were expecting to see SEC dogs, uh, Confederacy routed, and you didn't. <laughs> you saw the opposite. So, uh, Duke DeJour wants to know, she says, knowing what you know now, how do you see the rest of the season playing out for the Huskies? I'll answer first, and I'll say, you know, if you put a gun to my head and say, you know, predict how the year is going to go, I think the Huskies drop one probably against either Utah or Oregon State. 
they finished the regular season with one loss, and if they manage to win the Pac-12 title game, I don't know that they will. Uh, my concern slash fear, I guess, is that they, they they turned into this year's version of TCU. So um, they they uh, will prepare to meet their maker in the playoffs there because against like a Georgia, the physicality is it's going to be next level, and we are not going to be able to withstand that. So that's how I feel. So eleven and two, twelve and two, something like that. Just get there, and anything can happen. Agreed. Well, are you still there? TCU didn't have the firepower. I mean, one, uh, if they if they get to the Rose Bowl as the playing game, and they beat someone, they beat Michigan. I can mm. live with getting blown out in the championship game. I mean, I, I could fucking, I could live with being TCU if that's the path. I'm more worried about losing two regular season games uh, just with the injuries and how shot I think they're going to be. And it also just seems like every week they're a new. Every team is scheming against them specifically. I just feel like they're they're taking everyone's fucking Super Bowl this year, and, they, and they're they're having bad injury luck. Uh, I feel like they're going to lose to, like, I'm worried about USC because I think as fucked up as USC is, I think their offense is good enough to where the defense can't bail out a bad Husky offensive performance and tell proven otherwise. I'm, yeah, I, I don't know. Right now I'm I'm thinking they lose two regular season games that we <laughs> end up in, like, the fucking Cotton Bowl or some some sort of New York six. NY6 Bowl. So, yeah, I'm not that optimistic right now. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. I'm a little worried. So, yeah, that's my my, my final thought. will be greased up. Uh, might, be, might be like Air Force at this point. Isn't Air, <laughs> oh, no. isn't Air Force like 7-1? and 7-0. Seven seven undefeated. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it looks like, looks like Wyoming was going to be the best uh, – you know, group of five team, and now it looks like Air Force. So, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna lose to Air Force like thirteen to ten in the you know in the fucking Cotton Bowl. Ugh. Race Bannon wants to know when does Scott Huff Scott Huff get fired? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean again, if it was the fucking starters getting blown up, you know, I don't know if Race is kidding or not, but yeah. No, he's been anti Scott Huff for about three or four years, so <laughs> he'll Scott he'll correct Huff me if well, I don't know that he's listening, but we could ask. Scott him. Huff was great, you know, last year when. You know, he had no injury problems. Now now all of a sudden they're playing a fucking 18-year-old from Ferndale, you know, at a... In Seaside, yeah. Yeah. No, they're playing Finian. a... They're, they're playing a wankster from Seaside at guard right now. Phineas says, has there ever been a more pathetic Husky ta- tackling Husky team? And we already went over that. Uh see here. Sources said, um, oh, we already talked about it. He wanted to know if ASU's buy played a part. You guys think it did. Um, 
And then he's talking about he's sources is also referencing some of the comments I told you guys before we started recording where somewhere on the board there's a conspiracy that um, Oregon stole our signals and then gave them to Arizona State. That one's awesome. <laughs> that might even be a finalist for uh, Willie Duke's uh, tinfoil hat conspiracy of the year award. But um, Yeah, that one's awesome. Um, Alumni94 had a question about tackling and stuff, but we already talked about that. Um, let's see here. We'll start to wrap this up here. Um, never changing. When you compare the historical effectiveness of that offense against perhaps the worst team in the entire conference, it's just statistically impossible for that defense to be so in the right place at every right time. Stanford is the worst team. Um, is that is that what he was asking in there? I, I don't I don't know, but what didn't he say? This is the worst team in in the conference. Well, or he, something? he had I, a, I, I was trying to I was trying to skim the paragraph and then make it succinct in terms of summarizing it. But basically, it was going off the. Uh, He's basically buying into the thing that that ASU stole signals or had our signals, and and that's how they played so well. So uh, that's awesome. Uh, um, let's see here. You weren't there, man. We're almost done. Question for the Pod Pods: Was that a good <laughs> one and six ASU team? Do you agree with going for two after the pick six? Yeah, I had no problem with that. Yeah. Um, Bananas the Blondes wants to know if DeBoer leaves after this season for USC, Michigan, or broadcasting because he's not having fun anymore, <laughs> do we make Grub head coach or let him walk and start all over again? What on earth are you smoking, my friend? DeBoer is not going DeBoer's anywhere. not having fun anymore. <laughs> And I can't see him at USC, just like I couldn't see Peterson at USC. So, no, DeBoer. Uh, from all I've heard and you know seen, like they're apparently they're working on uh, you know a new new contract or whatever. So, I mean, so- Softy's pointed that out multiple times, like. He's dropped little hints, like, uh, yeah, he's not going anywhere. Well, you know, he played a large on. role in Dannon being hired and stuff, so it just seems like we're we're, we're building our nest here. And um, Bundy Dog wants to know, and this is his 13th post, and we're almost done, guys. We'll do a couple more here, and then we'll wrap up. But uh, yeah, I got to go. Without, <laughs> Without McMillan, we look like a different team, and uh, I'll just leave it at that and say I agree completely. Yeah, agreed. And, uh, boy, I wish we could get him back. And then the HB says, I wish they just announced McMillan is out for the year and move on. And then he makes he says the amputation apparently was not done in Eugene. Ha, ha, ha. So, um, well, and I'm gonna I mean, that's, that one. that's where you go. That's where you go to get, you know, surgically repaired. <laughs> I mean, look Final at, question look at of, Terrence Ferguson playing on two, um, you know, prosthetic legs yesterday. <laughs> it was amazing. Good for him. 
Good for him. And to fuck his mom and dad. And he had a replaced neck too. So it was really amazing. So final Mm -hmm. question of the day, Canada dog. Did Willie Duke have to fight a raccoon during the pod? Was he mowing his lawn, cleaning out his insincorator? You know, we've been pretty, we've been noise free, I think. So, I didn't know you fought a raccoon <laughs> during a pod, but uh, I my dog was annoying for a little bit. I think that was it this week. I did hear that, but it was very quick. So yeah. All right, all right, guys. This was a real long right. one, but um, <laughs> so I'll talk to you guys soon. We'll talk next week. All right, okay. bye. Bye bye. Go next. Thank you for listening to the Hardcore Husky Podcast. This show is copyrighted material. In other words, stop plagiarizing our shit, fuckos. So please tell a friend and rate us five stars on iTunes, especially you cheap bastards who don't donate. It's the least you could do. Yeah, I'm looking at you, creepy coog. And come join our fun at over at hu- hardcorehusky.com. We've got Husky Football, Yellow Snow's Record Shop, and our notorious Tug Tavern, which is, sh- which is a shit show of politics and strange nudes. And if you enjoy yourself and are ready for the next level, level of cyber peyote. peyote, come join Swain's Wigwarm. <laughs> I'm going to have to read this over. Swain's Wigwam, yeah. Swain's Wigwam at Navajo Nation's gift to college football. It's also the official private club of hardcore Huskies. We're talking boobs, guns, and inside information, all for the low, low fee of $129 a year. Come join the fun. <laughs> I'll have to read that one, but...